Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God tonight to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. We'll read a few verses beginning in verse 1. As we always do, we'll pray first, and then we'll begin reading. Right there in verse 1. So if you found your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. 1 Samuel chapter 7, we'll pray and begin reading in verse 1. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you tonight, how we thank you for the privilege to gather again on on this Lord's Day. And uh, Lord, just to gather around your Word, open our hearts and minds once again to have you speak to us and help us. Lord, we ask that you use the reading of the Word of God to bless our hearts tonight. Uh, Lord, to, to guide us and grow us, Lord. We pray, dear Spirit of God, that you'll just apply the word to our lives, that you'll, uh, Lord, show us, give us understanding, help us as we uh, look at the application of these truths tonight. And uh, Lord, we just uh, pray you'd make us better and stronger because of it. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 7. And the men of kirjath Jearim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord. And brought it unto the house of Abinadab in the hill, and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kerjeth Jearim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods of Ashtaroth. From among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said unto Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a, a, a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them. And they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came unto Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more to the coast of Israel, And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. What a great 
passage of Scripture. I want to preach a message tonight that I've entitled simply this, Preparing to Serve the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. The title comes from verse 3. If you would look again with me, the Bible says in verse 3, And Samuel spake unto the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and an Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Isn't this a great story? God goes with Israel to battle, and they won. <laughs> they a little surprised themselves. But it does say in verse 13, So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. So I want to show you tonight that verse 13 happened and Israel got the victory because of verse 3. In verse 3, Samuel told them, if you want to follow the Lord again, he said, prepare yourself to serve the Lord. Prepare your hearts to serve Him only. You know, there's a lot of times in our Christian life that we have good intentions about doing certain things for the Lord. But the real question comes afterwards. Have you prepared for whatever that is? How many times have we been disappointed because we intended to do something and then it, it, we didn't follow through? It didn't happen the way we thought. And often it's because we didn't do what was necessary for that to happen. Well, hey, I, I was going to go to church on Sunday, but I overslept. You mean you didn't set your alarm, right? Somebody said Sunday morning church attendance is a Saturday night decision. It is. And we have to prepare for the things that we really intend to do. This is what Samuel was telling Israel. They wanted victory, and they found it in the Lord because they put away the strange gods from among their land. They prepared to serve God only. Their, their Ebenezer, if you will, that stone of help that Samuel uh, illustrated, that illustration he used by placing the stone there, it was a symbol of God coming to their aid and helping them win the battle. But that stone was a tribute to the help of God, which comes to those who are committed to serving him. Understanding how this works, Samuel said, if you want victory, then you need to prepare to serve the Lord. I want you to walk through the scriptures with me. And let's look at a few verses that talk about serving the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18 says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. This was David's prayer as he prayed to the Lord. He was, he was praying for the nation of Israel, and his prayer was that their heart would be prepared to follow God. Second Chronicles twelve fourteen says, And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. You know, when, when we drift, when we, when we float along, you know, we call it, when we wing it, <laughs> when we wing it through life, you know, we're not always in control of the outcome because we don't pay attention to the details. How sad that it was written, he did evil because he prepared not to seek, his, seek the Lord in his heart. 
Second Chronicles 19.3 says, Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. That's a good quality to have as a believer, a heart that's prepared to seek God. Second Chronicles 20 verse 33 says, Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Second Chronicles 27 verse 6, So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Second Chronicles 30 verses 18 and 19 says, For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon every one that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. So God looked upon their heart and saw that they were, they were going the right direction, if I could borrow from this morning's message, and he blessed them. Ezra chapter 7 verses 9 and 10. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Here we find God's good hand was upon Ezra. Why? Because he prepared his heart to serve the Lord. How about Job? Zophar's condition for being close to God is described here in Job 11, verses 13 through 17. Job said, If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands toward him, if iniquity be found in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, Yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear, because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away. And thine age shall be clearer than the noonday, and thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. All of this happens, why? Job said, because you prepare your heart to seek the Lord. You know, there's, important, uh, uh, there's an important truth here that sometimes we skip over. Samuel came to the people and said, look, if you want victory, you got to prepare for it. If you have good intentions, that's good, but you got to pay attention to the details. And he instructed them to put away the strange gods that were among them. So what does it mean to prepare to serve the Lord? Well, the word prepare means to make ready. It literally means uh, pre, being, being before, and, and the word pair referring to the make-ready process. So make ready beforehand is the idea, to make ready beforehand. So think about the things that we intend to do for the Lord. Do we make ready beforehand? We have the idea, this is Sunday, we're going to go to church, we're going to have a great meeting, boy, we want the Lord to come down. Really? Did you make ready beforehand? We need to look at all of our intentions, our goals, the things that we want to accomplish for the Lord. And we need to understand what our part is to make ready beforehand. How do we prepare for that? 
How do we see to it that the details are, are attended to? We say, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible. Okay. You got a Bible reading schedule? Do you have a time set aside? Do you have a place where you can get away from distraction and go read it? Do you have a notebook handy? How about a pen? What if God speaks to your heart and shares some great truth? What are you going to do with it? You need to be ready to write it down, right? Or highlight it or something. And those are the, the make-ready processes. This adds meaning. Because anyone who puts forth the effort to make ready beforehand will come with anticipation to see the fulfillment of their work and the investment that they've made. Hey, I'm telling you what. When, when you put in the work, whatever the activity is, will be that much sweeter, that much richer. Because you come with that anticipation. Look, if you, get, if you do all that work to get ready for your Bible reading, then when you finally sit down with that pen in that quiet place, you finally open your Bible with that schedule nearby, listen, you're going to be much more attentive. You're going to get more out of it because you've already put something into it. The same thing is true about coming to church. When you've prayed all week, Lord, speak to my heart on Sunday. Uh, Lord, show me what you want me to do. When you've invited people to come, and you've brought your Bible and all these things you've made ready. By the time you get here, your heart's ready. You, you come more attentive, right? It's, it, it's not the same as just coming in and flopping down and, well, I hope I get something good. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it, it's a lot more intense when we prepare. So we need to prepare ourselves to serve the Lord. So let's talk about how to do that. Just practical things, right? Just like Samuel was talking to Israel about being real practical and real every day on a regular basis. He said, look, if you, wanna, if you want God to bless you, if you want God to give you the victory, if you want God to be your God and come through in this time of need, deliver you from the Philistines, then you need to get rid of these other gods. Very practical instructions, all right? Get them out of the way so we can put God first. God honors that. All right, how about us? If we want to serve the Lord, if we want God to give victory, what do we do? How do we prepare to serve the Lord in the day and age which we live? Uh, we need to prepare ourselves mentally to serve the Lord. We need to prepare ourselves physically. And, and I believe we need, there's some spiritual preparation that needs to take place. Let's talk about how to do that. What does it take to be prepared to serve the Lord? How about this? Number one, prepare on Saturday for what you plan on Sunday. How many times have people been full of good intentions about, you know, hey, I'm going to get in church. I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Right? But there's a lot of things that, that have to be done before Sunday morning if you're going to go to church. You got to plan. You got to prepare. You, you, need to be, you need to free up your Sunday. Right? Hey, listen, you might need to clean the house. Cut the grass, do some chores, whatever, on Saturday so that you can be free to go to church on Sunday. Right? I don't know what, I don't, listen, I don't know what's on your to-do list. I don't know how much time you have. But I know this, if you're really serious about going to church on Sunday, you're going to have to clear your schedule. And there's some things you're going to have to find time to do on other days so that, so that Sunday can be free and you can do that. Clean out the car. Gas it up, right? All of those kind of things. How about having your clothes ready? You, got, look, you might need to do laundry so that you have the right clothes. 
You might have to get the iron out, the ironing board, right? Uh, Get that done. Uh, Make sure you uh, think about your schedule. Set your alarm clock. Go to bed early. Prepare your, your meal menu. You know, the big, one of the big things we do on Sundays, eat, we eat. We eat lunch, right? You've got to know what you're doing after church. Where are you going? Who are you eating with? Where, where are you going to eat? Right? You, you cooking at home? Do you need to put it in the crock pot uh, before you leave for Sunday service, right? So you can get home and it be ready? Or are you going to go out somewhere? All of these things have to be thought about and decided. You've got to make plans. Preparing. This is preparation. Preparing to serve the Lord. How about inviting somebody to come with you or or to meet you there? Praying for the Sunday services. Praying together, right? Um, Man, this is is good stuff. How about getting up on Sunday morning and, and, uh, and reading your Bible, asking God to speak to your heart? Saturday night, how about going to bed early? At least early enough where you can get up. You know, you know, I'm going to tell you something tonight. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And there's a lot of people that have said, oh yeah, hey preacher, one day I'm going to get in church. One day I'm going to do that. One day. Hey, one day I'm going to to take God serious. One day, one day I'm going to get in that Bible. I'm going to read that. One one day I'm going to do that. One day. Ah, The problem is one day never comes. And this is why. Because there's no preparation made to actually do what they say they're going to do. You know, sometimes we all can be prone to doing that. We just throw out, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, hey, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to be a good Christian. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to grow this year. But those are so generic statements. If we don't put some preparation into that, if we don't get specific about it, if we don't go to work doing what, what is required so that can happen, then it won't. It's not going to happen on its own. For example, look around. If it happened on its own, this room would be full tonight. Uh, but there's a lot more empty chairs than there are filled ones. Right? And I wonder how many people are not in church thought they would be. Because they just said, well, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm going. But they didn't prepare. They didn't have things ready. Something happened. They got blown off course. They didn't set their alarm. Oh, they didn't have, their clothes were dirty. Whatever the case might be. In order to prepare yourself to serve the Lord, you got to prepare on Saturday for what you plan on Sunday. You, you really could say prepare during the week because some of the things you, you might need to do may, may have to be done even before Saturday, depending on what's on your to-do list, like I said earlier. But here's another one. How do you prepare yourself to serve the Lord? Number two, give your Sundays to God. Give your Sundays to God. Hey, hey you, heard, you ever heard this? It's the Lord's day, not the Lord's morning. Right? The people you heard that from understood this. They they gave their Sundays to God. We honor the Lord by just giving that day to Him. So how do you give your Sunday to God? Well, you dedicate the whole day to Him. First of all, how about getting up in time? Get up in time to do all the things you need to do on Sunday 
so that you can be in church and have a meal afterwards or whatever, whatever's going on in your schedule. Get up and, and, and do that. Have a quiet time with the Lord. Have a little time to read the scriptures. Meditate. Spend a little time in prayer. Hey, do you, do you pray before you come to church? Do you ask the Lord to speak to your heart? Do you think about things in your life that you're trying to, to grow, areas where you're trying to grow, maybe struggles that you're having or uh, maybe things you want to overcome? Asking God to help you with those things. Asking God to point out things that you might apply to your life, things you might learn in the messages. You know, one of the habits that I started early on in my Christian life was I started listening to every sermon with the idea that God has something in this sermon for me. And my job is to find what it is. So I'm listening, pen in hand, I'm ready to write it down, I'm ready to take good notes, and I'm, and I'm, I'm on a mission, I'm on a hunt. I'm listening to the message intently, knowing there's something in this for me. You know, when you listen like that, you, you get a lot more out of the messages that you hear as opposed to just sitting back and waiting until something rings your bell, right? You get a lot less that way. So, so be focused. Ask God to meet your needs. Ask God to speak to you and to, to give you that instruction personally from his word each time you hear a message. Hey, how about playing gospel music while you're getting dressed, while you're getting ready for church in the morning? Do, do something that'll set the mood. You, you know, hey, you can have scripture playing in the background. You can, you can have the Bible read to you. You can listen to gospel music. Or you can, listen, you can turn all that off and you can just sing. Hey, you might not sing up here. You might not sing specials in church. But you can sing in your bedroom while you get dressed in the morning and start worshiping God right there in your bedroom before you ever step foot on the church property. Just start praising the Lord and start singing uh, praises to his name. What a blessing. You, you talk about bringing the spirit of worship to church with you. Hey, that'll help you do it. How about this? Strive to be alert at church. In order to be alert, you, you might have to eat breakfast. Because it's hard to pay attention when your stomach's growling. Right? You might need to drink a little coffee before you come to church. So you, you can be awake and be focused. And you won't be like that guy on the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, you know? It's time to make the donuts. Wake up, be alert, be attentive. You know, sometimes I talked about listening to something, listening to a good sermon before you get to church. Maybe that will stir your heart. Right? Say an amen a little, little in church. That don't hurt nobody either. Just, just so you're paying attention, just so you're ready, receiving what God has for you. How about this? Work together as a family, to be ready on time, divide up responsibilities, have a pleasant atmosphere in the home, try not to be rushed, rushed, rushed all the time, right? What does that do? Well, that helps you come to church in a good mood, in a good frame of mind. It helps you to be a little more open to receive what God has for you. There's not these barriers and anger and frustration in the way where you can really think about what God wants you to hear. How about getting to church a little early? Finding your seat, being ready when it starts, participating in the singing, right? Sing, give in the offering, pray when it's time to pray, 
Just because someone's leading in prayer out loud, that doesn't mean that you can't be praying too in your seat. Pray. We just had prayer time for our missionaries. Brother Junior led us in prayer, but did you pray? You could. Pray for them. Put your heart into the services. Rest in the afternoon. How many of y'all take a Sunday afternoon nap? Anybody? All right. I love that. That's great. You know, I don't know about you, but if I don't take my Sunday afternoon nap, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be long, but if I don't take it at all, I can tell all week long that I didn't get it. I have to catch it the next week, right? And it's just not the same until I get back in rhythm with that. That's probably because I've been doing it all my life, but it's, it's, uh, it's been a blessing. Rest in the afternoon. Hey, and come back Sunday night. That's part of giving your Sundays to God. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are here tonight. Amen. I'm glad you are. Come back Sunday night. You know what happens when you come back Sunday night? You get more. You get more than everybody else. Right? And, and, and look, you're just adding a little more stuff to your arsenal. Another tool in your tool belt. Uh, a little more knowledge, a little more information. More preparedness to serve the Lord because you're here. You're making the extra investment uh, to be here. Wednesday night, of course, same way. Just, just another opportunity to meet the Lord. And then how about this? Spend time on Sunday evening meditating on the messages. Write down the decisions or commitments that you make. Why? Because we forget. Think about how you're going to put into practice the things that you told God you were going to do at church. You know, hey, listen, there's a lot of Christians that, that don't take what happens in this room past the door. And if that's how you live your Christian life, then, then there's not going to be any continuity between Sundays. Right? And, and those are the kind of Christians that are always struggling, always struggling, always struggling, never getting the victory. We, that's because you've got to apply it. You can't just decide it. You've got to go do it after that. And so we need to think about the application of those decisions. We need to think about what does it take to put that into action and, and prepare to do that during the week. By the way, your week might go better, too, if you, if you just kind of project a little bit. Look forward into your week and think about the things you got coming up. Now, I'm not one of those guys that plans every minute of the day. I, ooh, man, I went through a time trying to do that. They taught us how to do that in college, time management and all that, and that's great. But I found you can get burnt out doing that, right? So you don't have to plan every minute, but, but you know, you, you do need to know kind of what's coming instead of just winging it all the time. At least have you a little to-do list. Here's some things I need to get done this week. And have, have a point of reference to keep you on track. These are just practical thoughts. Prepare on Saturday for what you plan to do on Sunday. Give your Sundays to God. And then number three, you need to allow yourself to grow. So number three, Prepare for personal growth. Prepare for personal growth. What are you doing to grow yourself? You know, the Bible says in Peter that you're supposed to add to your faith, and there's a list of things. How are you going to do that? That's not what God's supposed to do for you. That's what you're supposed to do for you. How are you going to do it? Have you put any thought into your personal growth? Have you invested in yourself? Do you know what you're going to do and how you're going to get that done? Well, listen, we need to allow ourselves to grow. Get involved in what's going on. Hey, that starts with listen intently to the messages that you hear. Remember, listen for what God has for you in the message that you hear, in the sermon, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or a Wednesday night. Listen to what God has. When you're reading your Bible at home during the week, 
hey, you should be, you should be on, a, on a hunt for gold. You should be looking for the verse that God has for you. You should be looking for what God wants to speak to you about. Because God's going to make this, this book new every morning. He's going to make it personal. It's going to apply to you. Hey, you know, there's a saying. It goes like this. Nothing is real until it's personal. And I'm telling you, the Christians who read God's word and make it personal, listen, they're the ones that this book is real to them. They're serious about walking with God and living his word. Why? Because it's personal. It's real. They've let God speak to their hearts. The connection's been made. And they frequently go back for more. All of us need to be doing that. Hey, look for ways to apply the Word of God to your life. The things that you get out of the messages, don't just stop with that. Oh, that was good. But to take it a step further and say, okay, how am I going to do that? What do I need to do? Remember, we're talking about preparation. What do I need to do to make this happen in my life? Never resist the Holy Spirit. If you're going to prepare for personal growth, growth, you need to invite the Holy Spirit to work in your life, not resist. Never resist the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Bible says that you can grieve the Spirit of God? Not only can you grieve God, but the Bible says you can quench the Spirit of God. Just turn him off. I don't want to hear that. You know, I like to think of the Holy Spirit. By the way, he's a person. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person of the Godhead, just like Jesus was a person. The Holy Spirit being absent a human body. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as an introverted person. Somebody who has a quiet nature. The Holy Spirit is not always proclaiming his name. His job is to lift up Jesus' name. His job is to point people to Christ. He doesn't make a lot of fanfare and a lot of noise. Right? I like to think of that story of Elijah. Remember when he hid in the cave? And the Bible says he heard the still, small voice of God. That is the Holy Spirit. Right? Not the thunder and the, and the lightning and all that. It was the still, small voice. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in that still, small voice. He's going to speak to you in some of your thoughts. You're going to be having a dialogue with God. God's going to bring his word to your mind. He's going to bring truth to your circumstances. God's going to visit you throughout the day, and he's going to talk to you. And you're going to have a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. And how you talk to him is going to determine what he's able to do in your life. Do you give the Lord liberty? The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It's the liberty for him to, to, to be there and dwell and do what he wants to do. Do you give him that liberty? Do you invite him to come? Do you listen to what he says? When God's spirit is telling you, hey, you need to give a track to that person. Hey, you need to read your Bible day. Hey, you need to look up this verse. Right? Do you do those things when God is prompting you? You need to follow through. You need to listen to the spirit of God and let him work in your life. Never resist the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get ahead in the Christian life resisting the Holy Spirit. Next, seek help, advice, accountability, or whatever you need in areas, especially in areas where you struggle. You know, that's something that we don't do well. 
Do we ever ask any other Christians? Man, brother, I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to get better in my devotions. How do you have devotions? Man, what book do you use? What man, how, how, do you, how do you go through your Bible? What, what tools do you have? How does that work for you? You know, if we're, we're asking advice of people, and, and we're learning from others, and we're taking that in. And you know what? You, you might get a little idea over here, and a little idea over there, and another one over here from somebody else. And you might put all that together, and boom! It, man, you, you might use those things and have an awesome quiet time with God in the morning, and that might be just the right recipe for you. But you'll never find those ingredients if you don't ask. You know, we, we, need, we need to quit, quit acting like we know everything. And we need to be teachable. And we need, we, need to, we need to seek and ask the Lord to help us and be willing to talk to others and, and glean from people who are doing things well and get good advice. You know, the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. We need to learn that Christian decision-making involves good counsel. And, and we need to be the kind of people that, that has a, a handful of counselors that we can go to about things and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking before I do it. What do you think? And we should bounce ideas off of people. You know, sometimes we do stupid things that ruin our life, and then we think, man, how in the world did I get here? Well, because you did a stupid thing, <laughs> like we sometimes do. And you know, if you'd gone to somebody and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, how does that sound? Then that could have saved you a bad decision, right? That's why the Bible says, let him that is taught communicate unto him that teacheth. We call it feedback. But you know what? We need that. That is so crucial to your Christian growth, right? You're a student of the word, but nobody knows what's going on buzzing around up in here. Unless you say it, unless you tell people. Find some godly people in your life, people that you know are walking with God, people are, are, are living the Christian life successfully, and go to them as counselors and let them help you. Here's another thought. When God speaks to you, listen with your heart. Don't just hear what God says. Listen to what He says. Listen with the intent to obey. If you ever struggle with God over an issue, let him win. Just let him win. You'll be glad you did. God always knows what's best for us. Let God have his way in your life. Don't struggle with God over things. If he's telling you to do something, be willing to do it. And let me close with this thought. Talking about your personal growth, right? We talked about listening to God, doing what He says. The flip side of that is this. If God hasn't spoken to you in a while, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And it's your job to find out what it is. Now, a pastor used to teach us. He said, hey, there's two times to come down to this altar. He said, you come when God speaks to your heart, you're under conviction, you know you need to do business with God in some way, you come. That's number one. He said, the second time you need to come to this altar is when he doesn't speak. Why? Because when God is not speaking to you, something is blocking communication. 
the channel is clogged. And I'm going to tell you, it's always something on our end. It's not God who doesn't want to communicate with us, but it is us. It's we who have done something to clog the line, to block the communication so that God stops speaking. Hey, remember between the Old and New Testaments, we talked about those, those, the time God didn't speak, the silent years, where God just said, that's it. Now, in those years, he did that because of his timetable. But there are times in the Christian life when God does that because we've grieved him or we've quenched him or because maybe sin has gotten into our life. Maybe we've had a bad attitude. And God, and God said, okay. Can't bless that. Then it's our job when God, when we go a season without God speaking to our hearts. Man, I've been to, I've been to church services for weeks, maybe months. I don't remember the last time God told me to do something. Hey, I'd start getting concerned about that. God's not speaking to me. Something's wrong. My Christian life experience has told me that's true. And I'm sharing it with you tonight. Hey, we're talking about preparing to serve the Lord. You want to be what God wants you to be? All right. Then prepare early. Prepare on Saturday or during the week for what you plan to do on Sunday. Give your Sundays to God. And number three, prepare for your own personal growth by doing those things that we talked about. Invest in yourself. Make it happen. Do the work. Do the hard things. So the growth can come. So the blessings can come. Because that's what helps you achieve those life goals. And then you can stand on that blessed ground Right? A lot of times we look at successful Christians and they're standing on the blessings and we're saying, boy, I want to go there. I want to, do like, I want to be like them. Okay. But then we don't see all the stuff they did to get there. All that preparation they made, the decisions, the follow through, the hard things. So let's pray and ask God to help us prepare to serve the Lord so we can have victory just like Israel had victory over the Philistines. Amen? Let's pray. Father, how we love you tonight. How we thank you, Lord, for this truth and these just very practical ideas. And tonight, we just pray you'd help us to put these into practice wherever they're needed, to live these out, Lord, so that we can accomplish those things that you lay on our heart to do. So we pray you'd lead us and guide us. Lord, by your Spirit, speak to us. Help us, Lord, if there's sin or wrongdoing, if we've quenched you or, or, or any of that in the way, Lord, help us to deal with that. Get that removed, Lord, so that we can clearly hear your voice, follow your word, and do your will in our lives. Lord, help us tonight so that we can have the victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.